So we just started this series, Together in Christ, and it's messy, because being together is messy, right? A lot of times you want to pretend that it's not messy. We want to come to church and pretend that the church isn't messy, people aren't messy, pastors aren't messy, but it's messy, right? Pastor Joe asked the question last week, do we want to be a dysfunctional mess or a beautiful mess? We're still a mess either way, and we don't blame Joe for that or Faith Church for that. It's actually somewhat part of God's design, you might even say. Because the church is human and it's divine. Is it not? So when the Father God had this idea to send the Son to save us, 2,000 years ago, Jesus left the earth and said, it's better for you all, my followers, that I leave so that the Holy Spirit might come. And the Holy Spirit formed the church by dwelling in the midst of people. And so it's messy. Because from the outset, it was this combination of everyday people who are inspired by God. And today it's no different. We are everyday people. And so the church is flawed and broken on behalf of us everyday people, yet it's inspired by God on behalf of the Holy Spirit working through us to provide for us, guide us, protect us, lead us. <laughs> as much as it'd be fun to just run away and hide and not be a part of the church or with people or pastors, that's not how God has designed it. God has designed it for to be this crazy mixture and if you're honest, it's probably been hard in many of your seasons to understand, what is all this? I had an interesting upbringing that made me ask a lot of these questions. So my mom's dad was a, long, was a lifelong Lutheran pastor. My dad's family, lifelong Baptist. My parents moved us here, found Faith Church, something kind of in between those two. I went to college in California, which should be kind of its own little thing. Um, I went to a Calvary Chapel for... Calvary Chapel Church for two years, I was Pentecostal for a year, and I was Presbyterian for a year, and then I moved to North Carolina and went to a Methodist seminary, pastoring three different little rural Methodist churches while studying classes like Eastern Orthodox theology and Catholic church history. So if you can recite all that to me later, I'll give you a prize. I don't <laughs> expect you to, but all that to say, you could look at my life and be like, man, maybe he was confused, and sometimes I ask that too. Am I confused? I don't know. But I do, <laughs> I have asked a lot of questions about church, and I think you have too. And so today I want us to, to get into that. Because for this whole sermon series, we're going to look at, okay, this verse, you all are the body of Christ and each of you is a part. What does that mean? We all have these questions. What is church? Why am I here? Do I need to be in this building? Is church just a Sunday thing? Should I be here? How do I be a part of it? Is there another church, a better church, a different church? Why does our church do this? We have all of these questions. And so today I really want us to talk about that. And so we'll start with kind of, you know, how is God using faith church? And then how is God using us in the midst of it? And I'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey. So whether you've answered some of these questions, none of these questions, or all these questions, just stay with us. Because no matter what, we have this assurance from God that God's going to do a work in us as we worship him through listening to his word and if nothing else, he's going to get us all aligned and on the same page, common ground, and a shared understanding. So let's hunker into this. It's a little bit complex. We're going to explore what is the church and who are we. Okay, so if you want to follow along in your Bibles, we're going to look at a passage in Acts chapter 2. If you don't want to find it, it'll be on the screen. It's just a short snippet, just these two little verses. So the book of Acts is shorthand for Acts of the Apostles. It's just things that the apostles did. 
So in the New Testament, you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the Gospels. They tell about Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection. And then you've got the book of Acts, which in the beginning is where Jesus ascends back into heaven to be at the right hand of the Father. And the Holy Spirit comes down and it forms the church within these peoples. And then it tells us about all the actions in the church. And so just to catch you up, before we get to verse 46, let's just look at verse 41. So there's this guy named Peter, one of Jesus' goofy disciples. He rejected him three times when Jesus was on the cross. And then he finally comes around and Jesus restores him. And now he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's preaching the gospel. And we see that 3,000 people are added to the number of believers on one day. And we see the response is that all these people who become followers of Jesus, they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. That's what we see in verse 42. The two little verses I want us to hunker down into today are verses 46 and 47. They function kind of as a summary. What are these disciples doing? And here we see a great description. It says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's really short, so I'm going to read it one more time. It says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. And notice the author of Acts doesn't mention that the Lord added to their number daily after mentioning that they met in the temple courts. The author of Acts, Luke, mentions it after the fact that he says they're meeting in temple courts and they're meeting in homes. So we'll come back to that. It's more than just meeting and gathering in public places. So I think one thing that's hard about church is clarifying what is the mission of church? If we could all get on the same page about the mission, don't you think things would be a lot smoother here? Some of you are smart. You're probably like, I don't think there's time for that today. We can't get into that. But no, I actually think we can. If you just relax and journey with me for three minutes here, I'm going to talk us through the mission of the church. So I mentioned that the Holy Spirit came and it filled the people and the church was founded within people, messy, ordinary, everyday people, but inspired by God. So picture yourself, you're there. You're part of those 3,000 people. You're sitting there. You, you, you'd heard about Jesus. And then after he died, you're curious. Did he really resurrect himself or not? This guy Peter's preaching. I'm going to sit down and listen to him. Peter was like his best friend, so maybe I should listen to him. And while you're sitting there, the Holy Spirit comes into you and it inspires you to believe in Jesus and put your hope and trust in him. And you're like, wow, this changes everything. Sure, I'm still a family guy, and I have a job, and I have hobbies, and I'm in my community, but now I believe in Jesus. This changes everything. And so you would have wanted to follow around some of these apostles who had seen Jesus and were going around looking to, to plant churches. That's what an apostle is. It's someone who's sent to go and plant churches. So what is a church? We need to define church. Church is not a building. Church is not a word that Jesus made up or that his followers made up. The word pre-existed, Jesus, it just, it's a word that means a gathering, an assembly of people that are called out. It's a, it's a word that a lot of government officials use. We're just going to call an assembly, a gathering of people. And so here you are, you're changed by Jesus. You're with these other people who have lived and walked with Jesus. And you want to obey Jesus who says, hey, once the Holy Spirit comes, 
you're going to walk with, you're going to walk in step with the Spirit. You're going to go to your city and to your region and to the ends of the earth, and you're going to share the good news of Jesus Christ that you might save some. And so there you are. You're going all over thinking, wow, this changes everything. And you can imagine at first it was maybe a little bit easy because there's these 12 disciples and they're in the upper room and they receive the Holy Spirit together and they preach and they transform people and they come under their leadership and then they go to different parts looking to share this message with other people. But it gets really complicated maybe 10, 15, 20 years later because you can imagine as you're going to reach and love other communities from different regions with different languages, different skin colors, different family values, all those things, it just gets messy. And so they became a head in the church where Paul, who was planning a lot of churches, and Peter, who was Jesus' best friend, you could say, they get into this disagreement where it's like, hey, you're doing weird stuff with him and you're doing weird stuff with him. What should we do to make our mission clear? And Paul says this. He says, look, my mission, my goal is to be all things to all people that I might save some. So to the Jew, I'll be like the Jew, and to the Greek, I'll become like a Greek. In other words, he's saying the methods that we get there are different, but the mission of the church is very clear. And I'm thankful for this word. I think we got to always be mindful of this. The mission of the church is giving self to others to save some. Isn't that what the mission of the church is? And it's not just Paul who's waxing eloquence to articulate this. It's actually, this is, this is what Jesus did, isn't it? Jesus said, this is my body which is broken for you. Go and be like me. Go and do as I do. Go and give yourselves to others. It's better to give than to receive. And so this is the church today. We're following in step with what Jesus showed us and what Paul articulated. And so here's a picture of the body of Christ right here. This is what it looks like. A lot of you, when you think of the body of Christ, you're like, oh, this is cool. Here's Faith Church, and I'm there, and someone's there, and we're there, and my mom's there, and my aunt's there, and we're this body. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, I am the head, and I am breaking my body for you, and this is one body. It's not this many-headed monster that Jesus has a lot of heads and all these different bodies and the churches that are weird or, you know, doing different things are different than us. We just call them their own body. We don't do that. This is the one body of Christ. We don't give another one to the Catholics or to the Lutherans or Presbyterians or the Evangelical Free Church in Mexico. No, it's every country, every people group, every living gathering of people. It's all one body. We're not divided over churches and buildings. Church is a gathering of people. It's a living community of people under the headship of Jesus with one mission, to give ourselves to others that we might save some. It really is that simple, isn't it? And Jesus said, look, if they're not against us, they're for us. Let's be together. Let's give ourselves to others as I have. Okay, so that's the global church. Let's take a deep breath. We're going to talk about the local church now. So here's a picture of Faith Church. We didn't put any thinking into why we're the arm. We're just the arm. We'll just go with that for now. If you have any superior wisdom on why we're the arm, let me know later. But we'll go with the arm. The point is not the arm. The point is this. We are one part, one part of many parts of Christ's body. And we're united worldwide with all these different worshiping communities. We're a really small part, but we're, we play a critical role in helping Jesus move. So we have one mission, which is to give ourselves to others that we might save some, but we have different methods because we're a local church. We're placed in a particular place. We have a particular calling, and so we play a particular part. And so how does Faith Church play its part? 
we basically ask this question, how are we called to give ourselves to the Lehigh Valley that we might save some? The first thing we need to acknowledge is that as much as we want to be the whole body, we're not the whole body. As much as we want to be prideful, we can't say we're the whole body, which means we don't do everything. We figure out what our role is. So we don't compete with other churches and we don't try to corner markets. We don't try to draw big crowds so we can be a popular church. It's not about that. Instead, we ask God, how are we being called as faith church to give ourselves to this particular area in this particular time? And these are the methods that we have. We really want to produce disciples and unleash servants so that we can proclaim hope. Right? We really want to proclaim hope because God is calling us to that. We feel like this area really needs hope. If we were in a time of war, maybe we would proclaim peace first and foremost, above and beyond everything else. But we feel like God is calling us to be proclaimers of hope. And we feel like God is calling us to do it in ways that are rooted and real. It'd be easy for us to just be rooted and just tell you God said this, God said that, God said this, God said that. But we really want to be authentic because we feel like that's how God is using us to reach this area. We want to be open about how we're struggling with following Jesus. We also really want to adopt. We talked about this last spring. We want to adopt children and internationals and a people group. We really want to pastor the whole family. That's why we care a lot about kids ministry all the way through seniors in action. And we really want to be a hospital. We want a place that cares for people that are hurting. We think that's a particular calling to this area that we can do that and we can be that and God has resourced us to do that. And so as a local church, we're called to give ourselves that we might save some. Notice it's not, we're not called to give somebody else or to give somebody else's church model or to give your old church's model that we might save some or to give the model of, you know, how to start a best church in five easy steps to give that model that we might save some. God's called us to give our particular selves that we might save some. And he's not calling us to save everybody, thank God. He's calling us to use our unique place to save some which means we don't do everything. We just do the things God has called us to do and we try to do them well. And so when you think of other churches like we do, we wanna pray for them. When you think about old churches that you left or that you've moved away from, you don't look back and say they got it all wrong. You just look back and say they had different methods, hopefully to reach the same mission, which is giving themselves to each others. But we pray for the other churches that are around here, and you can too. Life Church, Bethel Church, Bethany Church, other churches. I mean, we're, we're praying for them because they're accountable as we are to just playing our role, playing our part, being our part of the body. And we're all responsible for that unique calling God has given us. So what does it mean for you to find your place in this? Notice there's a particular order. We're starting with Jesus, who's the head, and then we're talking about his global body, which is the whole thing. Then we're talking about the local church, which is a part. Now we're going to talk about you. How do you plug yourself into a church? How do you make yourself a part of a church? It's really hard, isn't it? I think a lot of times we get it backwards. That's why I wanted to start with Jesus, the head, and the global church, and the local church, and then you. Because a lot of times we want to believe we're just these autonomous people that are floating around and not connected to anything and we see something good and we're like, ooh, I want to plug into that. And this is really hard because I've, I've been here long enough that I'm connecting with a lot of new people and I'm trying to figure out how to have these conversations because I don't want to just say, hey, come here, we're really cool and, you know, you can have good vibes and good music and we have coffee and the preaching's good because that's not what it's about. 
There have been many people who've come through and have experienced all of that, and they're not here anymore because it's about more than that. Isn't it? You've probably been there in your own lifetime as well. It's about more than that because this is what church is about. Church is about you giving your particular resources to a particular calling in a particular place. And the emphasis there is on, is on particular. It's not a one-size-fits-all thing because you are unique and God uniquely made you and has knit you into his body if you put your hope and trust in Jesus. You're right there. And so if you want to be a part of a church, it's as simple as that. Like, be a part of a church. Now, don't get up and leave here and go home and not have a conversation with us. And don't expect there's going to be an email that's going to just appear in your inbox and tell you, hey, you're good at this. You're, you should get connected with that. You should do this. This is how you can become a part. It's really a two-way conversation that we'd love to have with you. I'd love for you to write to me and just say, hey, I'm really passionate about this. I'm really excited about this. I would love to be a part of doing this so that we can help Faith Church accomplish the mission of giving ourselves to reach others. And if it means I'm going to be rooted and real and proclaim hope and be a hospital that we might adopt people and pastor them birth through death, then yes, I want to do that. And we can find ways. But if we're not approaching church in that way, we've got it twisted. We're kind of looking at it the wrong way. If we're thinking I can just find a church and just plug in right there, it's really looking at it the wrong way. There have been seasons in my life where I've looked at it that way, and I find myself just asking the wrong questions. How many times do we ask, like, well, I'm looking for a church, and I just want to get, a, I just want to, get to a place that, that, that gets it most right. And it's like, how am I in my human finite wisdom going to evaluate how God's body is functioning worldwide and evaluate who's doing it right. And sometimes I'll be like, man, I want to be at a church where I just get the most out of it. But it's like, man, what is it about being a part of the body of Christ that means I should find a place where I can just grab something and get it out of it and then go on my merry own way? You see, if you put yourself back in the position of one of those early Christians 2,000 years ago who's converted when they hear Peter preaching, you wouldn't have thought about those things. You wouldn't have thought, how can I find a church where there's people like me? You wouldn't have thought, how can I find a church where I'm not bored, where I'm not embarrassed of the church and the things they're doing and the things they're saying? You would have been like, man, people are messy. Methods are changing. Jesus is awesome. I'm a part of his body. Let me just find a place in a group of people where together we can give ourselves to others that we might save some. You see, if we don't look at it that way, we're always going to be angry about church. We're always going to feel like we don't belong here. We're always going to leave and want to go somewhere else and feel like the grass is greener. But until you see church that way, you're not going to find it. I really believe the only way we can be a part of the church is to be a part of it. Because if we're not a part of it, what are we? I can think of three other things that we don't want to be, but we can be if we're not functioning as part of a church. We can be a client of the church or a consumer or a spectator. When we're a client of the church, we just show up and think, well, this is good, this is fun, this is cool. Maybe they'll provide a service for me. But if you approach church that way, we go out of business. In fact, we're already out of business because we don't offer a service. We really don't. And if you approach the church wanting to consume things, you might find a couple things interesting and eat a couple things and consume a couple things and something's neat and you can explore stuff, but that's not going to last you. 
And if you want to spectate, maybe there's a season for that where it's like, hey, I'm new here. I'm new to being a part of the body. I want to just observe. Okay, don't just sit back and watch, though. Like, get your hands in. Figure out what are the methods of the church and how can I see God fashioning me to be a part of this. But if you're in a season right now where you're unhappy with the church, you got to first clear your conscience and ask yourself, man, am I a client of the church? Am I a consumer? Or am I a spectator? Because I don't want to be. If I am, God, help me to start moving into this direction where I'm placing myself into becoming a part of the church. It's really the only way you'll be satisfied is if you're on the inside looking out. It's not that anyone can't be on the inside. We can all be on the inside if we allow God to put ourselves in his body. But if we're on the outside looking in, if we're spectating or consuming or making the church a business, we're always going to be miserable. We're always, as a church, going to fail to entertain you because that's not what we're for. The way that you'll be satisfied is if you exercise your part and you give yourself to make yourself a part of the body. And when you do that, you'll see that the church is messy, but you'll be okay with it because you'll be together with others who are celebrating and mourning together. The fact that the body of Christ does have thrills and sorrows to it, it is messy. But when you're on the inside and you're allowing yourself to be in the body, you're together with others, you're doing it. That's how we find satisfaction in being a part of the church is when we're a part of it. So maybe I'm saying too much stuff you might already know, like, yeah, we got this mission, okay, we're a local church, it's got this methods, and I want to be a part of it, and I'm a part of it, and I do some things, and I serve every other week and do this every other month. And you're probably feeling like, I still don't feel like I'm a part of it. I think there's probably a reason that God has maybe laid that on your conscience. Maybe there is more that you can do to be a part of it. Because the truth is this, church is much more than a Sunday thing. Church is a living gathering, right? If church means a gathering of people that are alive and are a part of God's body, it doesn't mean we're just a Sunday thing. It doesn't mean we're just a group of people in a building. It means we're together. And not just together in mass, but we're together in homes as well. Our passage says that they continued to meet together in the temple courts, but they also broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. You need to know about church history that the early church wasn't much like this, that we would only get together in a big public setting. They would do that on Sunday because it celebrated the resurrection, but it wasn't much more than a celebration, a way to get everyone together. Aside from that, they did pretty much everything else in small little groups in homes where they had different bodies of believers and created community. And that became their network. That became their hub. A lot of us approach life the opposite way, where we have our life, our family, our job, our hobbies, all that stuff. And then we come to church and we want to just plug ourselves in. But I got to ask you, how does that work for you? How does that work for you in your other relationships with a child or a parent or a spouse or a friend where you say, hey, I really care about you. You're pretty much my everything. I'm going to give you two hours every Sunday morning, boop, and I'll just plug you in. How does that go for you in other things in your life where you want to grow, whether it's your job, your education, your family, your hobbies? How do you grow in that when you just plug it in for one morning, for two hours or so? It doesn't go very well, does it? And the reason is because God's calling us to more. God has designed us for so much more than to just 
touch the body of Christ and get plugged into it and connected to it for a moment. God has made it so that we are to be in it all the time. And that is the nexus of our being is that we're a part of this body. And through the body, we see outside into everything else. So I have a picture for you. So I showed you the global body, the local body, and now here's you. You're one of these molecules up here, which is great. You all have different shapes, different sizes, different colors, different functions. You have different placements. You have different connections. So when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, God regenerates you. And you become a new creation. Yet you're still in this place. You put in this body. You have all these connections. And all of these different ways that God is going to use you. And the body is so complex. So if you're just looking at the arm and just looking at this part where you might be a molecule in there, there's so many different connections that you'll have in there because the body is complex. There's the skeletal, the muscular, the circulatory, the digestive, the immune system, the respiratory system. There's all these parts. And wherever you are, you have a part and you play a part and you really matter. A lot of us think, well, when I come to a church and maybe I'll go Sunday and I'll get connected and I'll plug in, I think it's less about that. I think it's more about like, man, as soon as you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're part of the body. The only thing you can do is get disconnected. You are connected. All of you are connected who put your faith and trust in Jesus. You can get disconnected really quickly. I, for one, enjoy getting disconnected sometimes because it's hard to be connected with people. It's hard to be connected in groups. It's hard to come to church Sundays and worship. But we need to focus on this. It's not so much about what are we doing, what are we learning, what are we getting out of church. It's more about who we are. You see, because we are so much more than a student of Jesus. You're a disciple, right? Students get to take breaks. They have great Christmas breaks and summer breaks, right, all those things. If you're a parent, you probably hate that they get breaks. But as a disciple, we don't get that. We don't stop following Jesus. We don't just go off into our own world and say, la-da-da-da-da-da-da, and then, okay, I'm going to go plug into the church and feel like I'm a part of this body. It's a lifestyle. We are the body. And there's, there's a good reason why God wants us to meet in homes. This isn't enough. This is just a crowd. Jesus always had crowds, but he wanted them to get together in smaller groups. And so do we, for you. We want you to get together in smaller groups, together in homes. We want you to form intimate communities. It's not about homes, it's as much about just sharing your hearts and being together. Within each body, as you notice those molecules that you represent, there's, there's just different families and different groups of people that they operate well together. And that's part of God's design when he created the body is that all of these parts, they work together, but we need to let it work together. Because we're so quick to want to eject ourselves from the body and disconnect and not be a part of what God is doing because it's messy. I want to end by just saying this. There's, there's two great things that happen when we do meet together in homes and when we give ourselves to others. It's part of God's purpose that when we're together, when we're meeting together in homes, God makes us sustainable and functional. So let's talk about sustainability. If you're in a body, you need to be sustained, right? I've had a few surgeries. When they cut some things out of you and put it on a surgical pan, it dies immediately. Same thing happens when we eject ourselves from the body of Christ. We're subject to withering, decay, and death. That's just the way God made it. 
You can look at that and say, oh, God is so mean. He's making me be a part of the body. But it's not that. God is gracious. Outside of Jesus, you are withering and decaying and dying. But when you put your faith in Jesus, you get a place in this body where you're no longer withering, decaying, and dying. And it's beautiful. But one of the major sins that we've all struggled with throughout time is pride. We all want to be like God and make our own decisions and rule as God rules and judge as God judges and be praised as God judges. So a lot of times we want to pull ourselves out of the body. Sometimes we want to jump in the bloodstream and swim all the way to the head and be part of the head and be like, yeah, I'm like God. I can think and rule and judge and do all these things. But when we're in groups of homes or we're in small groups, we're together with other believers, they keep us accountable so we don't do that. We're all so subject to taking that slippery slope into pride and removing ourselves from the body. We're apart. It's great. We're apart, but we all want to be the head, don't we? And here's how it makes us functional. It makes us functional because all of you have a role. All of you. You have great roles. But a lot of you like to compare and say, well, she's got this, he's got that, they've got this, I'm not this, I'm not like them, they're like that, they're better than me, and we compare our functions. But when we share ourselves with others, we see that God is able to use no matter where we're at. God is able to use us no matter where we're at. God uses us in hard seasons, in good seasons, in low seasons, high seasons, dry seasons, and vibrant seasons. I've been talking about the body too much. Maybe some of you don't really relate to that. Let's talk about cake for just a moment. A lot of us like cakes better than we like cadavers, right? So cakes, you take all these little parts, you take raw eggs and flour and baking soda and sugar and you mix it all together and you put it in this oven. Well, a lot of us feel like we're like raw eggs right now, where we want to be away from everybody, don't touch us, you'll get sick, we'll just stay in bed, we're not good for anything, right? And some of us are in this stage where we feel like sugar. We're so sweet. We just want to love people and bless people. We all kind of go in and out of these different seasons. But to disconnect from the body and say, well, God's not going to use me in this season, that's just arrogant. God uses us in all of those things. So think of this cake. God is kind of like the baker where he puts it all together and puts it in this oven. And even if you have a light in your oven and you look at it, you have no idea how it happens, but it just happens. It all mixes together and it makes this great functional thing that you can eat and sweeten. You enjoy it. And all of the parts, like us, like you and me in our good seasons and bad seasons, they're summed together by our maker and they're turned into something amazing. And we rejoice because God is praised. God has done something amazing in our midst. A lot of us are smaller than that. We want to go to bed and think, ha I did something great. That was cool. I ejected from the body and I did this and it was great. There's so much, there's something so much bigger than that. Even if your life is sweet and you're like sugar and you want to just go be happy and hoard yourself and hide yourself and think you're really great, like God doesn't just use that. God uses all of the sums of all of our parts and the intricacies of our body and he sums it all together and he makes something amazing out of it. So I want us as a church to give ourselves to others, not just here Sunday morning, but in all of our rhythms of life, to have these home bases of few people that we love so well that we're together with so that through that we're able to give ourselves to the rest of the people around us that we might save some. That's what the early church did. So don't come here thinking everyone's going to know your name and everyone's going to love you and everyone's going to care about you, but find a small group, a small hub of people that really cares for each other and commit yourselves to it. And as you do, you'll be so freed and accountable to know that God is sustaining you and God is functioning through you as you remain in the body. 
And as you do, you'll be amazed by what God does to work through you and to through, work through your group and through the church here as we all try to carry out this mission of giving ourselves to others that we might save some. I think the hardest thing is that we're in our own head. Wouldn't you agree? A lot of times we'll go to a church or we'll go to a church event or we'll go to a small group and we'll say, man, I hope someone's gonna love me. I hope someone's gonna care for me. I hope someone will reach out for me. I hope someone will do this for me. And it never happens and we're disappointed. And that's again to the point that we're looking at it from the wrong way. If we all approach Sunday morning, small group, church events, whatever, we go to it with the attitude that I'm gonna give myself, I'm gonna give joy, I'm gonna give love, I'm gonna give my connection to others. And I'm just gonna see what God does. If we all did that, none of us would have to worry. Is somebody gonna reciprocate it? It just would happen. We'd just all be doing that. And so I really want for us as a church to do that. If we can imagine a world where we're all doing that, imagine what God can do through us. If we all don't come here and try to get everything out of this big mass of people on a Sunday morning that's really just a celebration, but we all had little different pockets of family and friends committed to each other, loved each other so well, that through that we could be freed to give ourselves to others, that God might work through us to save some. Let's do that. God, help us. We're so prone to ejecting ourselves from your body because we're either prideful and we want to be you or we're like raw eggs and we want to be away from everybody. But God, change in our hearts right now this morning as we pray that we could be people that change the rhythms of our life to be with people that grow us, that we could be together in homes, enjoying, praising you and eating together so that we have a margin, an overflow in our life that out of that great source of togetherness, we're able to give ourselves to others, to be your church, to be a living gathering, that when we go around and interacting with other people not in the church that are using different methods that are messy, we're not afraid by that, but we celebrate that we all have different parts. God, sustain us where we are and function through us as we give ourselves to you. Keep Faith Church from pride. Help us to give ourselves well to our community. And God, we pray for the Lehigh Valley. When they rub shoulders with us, may they see that we love them. May they see that we are just trying to find rooted in real ways to be a hospital that proclaims hope for them. God, equip your church here to be a living gathering, dependent on a few people in our lives that free us up to give ourselves to the masses, that the head of our body, Jesus, might be praised and get all the glory. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.